We're big on three key themes right now. We're big on energy. We're big on U.S. technology. We're big on Canadian banks as well. When you look at energy and technology, those are the two areas which we believe are going to provide more immediate growth to the portfolio. Canadian banks is a longer-term value play. Welcome to ETF Market Insights, a podcast where some of Canada's leading investment experts guide you through the world of exchange-traded funds. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the BMO ETF's Quarterly Portfolio Strategy Podcast for Q4 of 2023. I'm Erica Toth, and I'm going to be your host for today. I'm joined today by my colleague, Alfred Lee. Alfred is Portfolio Manager and Investment Strategist at BMO ETFs. Thanks, Alfred, for being here with us today. So Alfred and I are going to discuss his latest portfolio strategy report and fixed income strategy report as we enter the final quarter of 2023. To kick things off, in the aftermath of what's been a historical rise in interest rates, stubborn inflation, we, and we have continued geopolitical turmoil, there's lots of uncertainty as we move into this final quarter of the calendar year. So, Alfred, I'd like to get your view. Do we see a soft landing, a hard landing, or no landing? You want to share some of your thought process with us? Sure. And I think it's uh, it's really dependent on a number of things. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, there's a a lot of geopolitical tensions uh, in the markets right now. Uh, but on top of that, I think inflation is still largely in the driver's seat. The reason why is because, you know, a year ago, we were saying that initially, as the markets would open up or as the economy would open up, inflation would look really bad and central banks would react by aggressively hiking interest rates, which they did. And then as the markets would open up, uh, supply chains would quickly catch up. And then what we would see is that inflation would quickly dissipate, which uh, we have seen. What we underestimated, however, was that last residual, when you look at the CPI numbers over the last two to three months, we've seen this slight reacceleration of inflation. So, you know, when you look at the components, it's really been driven by uh, the shelter component. Uh, the shelter component, we're not too concerned just because when you look at mortgage payments. It's really a function of interest rates and rents are a function of mortgage payments. So shelter, we're not too concerned about. It's, it's really the oil component, the energy component, uh, just because you know energy is really the wild card. It feeds into so many different things. Uh, transportation costs are, could really kind of reignite inflation. Why I say inflation is really in the driver's seat still is because if we've seen the worst of inflation, if it's really behind us, that really paves the way for central banks to become less hawkish, and, you know, overall, when you look at the economy, the strength of the labor market, it really gives a possibility for a soft landing. And in addition to that, if we really get concrete evidence that inflation is behind us, that gives the confidence for central bankers to uh, relax interest rates. Um, and that potentially we get uh, no landing at all if the labor market holds. Uh, the worst case scenario, obviously, is if uh, inflation re-accelerates from here and then that forces central bankers to get back to you know, tightening monetary policy, as we saw in 2022. And as you know, anytime you tighten interest rates too quickly, things break like we saw with the UK pensions and also with uh, the US regional banks earlier this year. So hopefully we don't see that. Uh, the base case scenario is that we get a soft landing. We talk to our multi-asset team, which expresses their house view as well. Uh, they also see a soft landing. Um, so obviously there's a lot of balls in the air, so things could quickly change, but the base case is for a soft landing. 
So as of late, Alfred, I'm pretty confident that for both of us, a lot of our conversations that we're having on a daily basis have been dominated, absolutely dominated by fixed income. Mm-hmm. Um, where does the overall duration sit in your model portfolio on the fixed income side? And what would you say the breakdown is between the short end of the curve, the mid section and the long end? Maybe you can walk yeah. us through that. It's a good question because, uh, you know, as I often joke around, I say, you know, I managed fixed income for 10 years. Nobody wants to talk about fixed income. Now as a move into equities, everybody, everybody wants to talk about it. There you go, right? In our strategy right now, we use that core and explore strategy. The bulk of the exposure in fixed income is really on that aggregate uh, ETF exposure, right? So we use uh, ZDB, which is our discount bond ETF, which performs in the exact same way as our aggregate bond ETF, ZAG, but it's going to be more tax efficient. But on top of that, what we've done is we've overweighted the short end of the curve. And and the reason why is because when you look at the yield curve right now, it's been inverted. uh, But over the last couple of months, as you know, it's trying to normalize. So the five and 10 year yields, um, highest it's been since 2007. And the reason why is because I think the market's coming to realize that, you know, the central bankers aren't going to relax interest rates over the next year. So short term rates have to be relatively pegged. But in order for the yield curve to normalize, so to become upward sloping, the five and 10 year and longer rates have to move up. And that's what we're seeing right now. Um, obviously, that's been a negative for sectors like utilities, but also long bonds as well. So what we want to do is just focus on the short end of the curve. So we've been overweighting the short end. Our main kind of tactical weight right now is uh, ZSU, which is our short term U.S. investment grade ETF. Uh, that focuses on U.S. investment grade. Why we want to do that is because with U.S. corporates, you're getting a little bit of pickup in yield. So the yield on yield to maturity on ZSU is uh, 6.1%, so pretty juicy. But in addition to that, you're getting diversification from a sector perspective. And instead of owning the same Canadian companies on the fixed income side of your portfolio, you're getting exposure to U.S. corporates. Last but not least, there's a little bit of duration exposure, uh, two and a half duration. So if and when the Fed does cut rates, you're going to have exposure to that part of the curve. So if we do get that bull steepener, you're going to be exposed to the right part of the curve. And it is currency hedged, which I find most fixed income investors want. It's funny. I mean, if you think back to two years ago, I, you know, it's hard to believe that we would be talking about bond yields in the 6.1% range, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, now that we're talking about sort of higher for longer rates. Uh, what are some of the ramifications now on your positioning within the equity sleeve of the model? Can you talk to us about your core exposures that you have there? If you look at the core exposure, um, you know the core of the portfolio has been low volatility and uh, quality. We don't expect that to change for uh, the immediate future. And, and the reason why is because I think if you look at the interest rate environment right now, I think a lot of people were thinking that we were going to get these massive rate cuts uh, in 2023, which obviously didn't happen. You look at interest rate futures, those are being priced as if we're going to see that in 2024, 2025. But you know, keep in mind you know, what we're seeing now when you look at interest rates, this is more of the normal, which is what we highlighted in our Q1 report, uh, back to normalization. But you know, what we saw between 2009 and 2021 you know, when we ran zero interest rate policies in QE, that was more abnormal. Um, so in this environment where we have longer sustained interest rate, as you mentioned, that's going to be more an environment where it's going to favor more mature companies 
Uh, it's going to be less growth oriented. So that's why we like things like low volatility, things like quality. So ZLU, which is our low vol US equity ETF, and ZUQ, which is our uh, US quality ETF, those are great ones to pair together. Uh, they're going to be more durable balance sheets, more mature companies, more predictable cash flows. Those are the factors we want to focus on in, in this environment. You still get some growth exposure there with the quality play. So how about you know the more tactical sort of satellite positions? What type of sector exposures are you looking at on, on a tactical basis in that sleeve? We're big on three key themes right now. Uh, we're big on energy. We're big on U.S. technology. We're big on uh, Canadian banks as well. So I think when you look at energy and technology, uh, those are the two areas which uh, we believe are going to provide more immediate growth to the portfolio. Uh, Canadian banks is kind of a longer term kind of value play. And as you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Canadian banks over the last couple of quarters. Why don't we touch on energy first? Um, energy, you know, our long term theme has always been, you know, the future is all about renewables. But that transition, I think, is going to take a lot longer than a lot of people think. So until we get there, the demand is going to be for fossil fuels and that demand to get that energy uh, is going to be on non-renewables, even though the future is kind of more for clean energy. When you look at you know, the underlying companies of ZEO, which is our equal weight oil and gas ETF, the free cash flows of these companies continue to go up as they earn revenues on you know, higher demand for oil. Uh, but in addition to that, they're reluctant to invest in new infrastructure because you know, the future is unknown for them. So what they do is just in- continue to increase their dividend payouts. So when you look at ZEO, dividend distribution, so we pay out all the distributions as flow it through, we continue to increase the distribution on ZEO. So we continue to like energy, especially if there's continued conflicts you know, in other parts of the world. That's going to put more demand on North American energy. Technology is another area we like just because uh, we think if there's, you know, you look at where growth is going to come from over the next uh, decade or even more, uh, even outside of artificial intelligence, we think technology is going to be uh, the area that we rely on just in terms of increasing efficiency as you know, just in our day-to-day lives, we rely more and more on technology. Because it's a higher interest rate environment, there's going to be a big difference uh, between larger cap tech and smaller cap companies that rely more on debt. So we like ZWT, which is our covered call technology ETF. You know, We focus on the 30 largest technology names, um, which are more cash-rich companies. Uh, so things like NVIDIA, Microsoft, Google. So those are you know the companies we focus on. The challenge with um, technology names is that they don't usually pay dividends. As Canadians, we like some income. So we do that cover call overlay, which we cover 40% of the portfolio. So the dividend yield on this one is about 4.3%. On names where you don't usually make any yield at all. So that's exactly. a, a good way to get paid on, on potential volatility in the sector then too. So Alfred, any changes that you've made to the model portfolio since the last quarter? Um, would you highlight them for us? Not many drastic changes in the portfolio this time around, Um, just because, you know, when you look at the way we manage the balance strategy and also the fixed income strategy, we don't like making wholesale changes, you know, unless there is a critical point in the market where you see the market dynamics change significantly, we're not going to make significant changes. So the only change that we made this quarter, we moved our exposure in ZST, which is our ultra short term uh, bond ETF, we moved uh, some allocation that we had in our banking income ETF, ZBI, uh, into ZMMK. 
which is our money market ETF. And the reason why is because we just feel that we have enough credit exposure in other parts of our portfolio. We think just with a lot of uncertainties in the market right now, there could be a lot of opportunities for mispricing. So holding that cash at dry powder, I think is going to go a long way just to be able to quickly take advantage of those opportunities. Over the long haul, you know, we do believe that staying invested usually is the right course of action, but just having a little bit of cash, especially when you look at, you know, the risk-free rates about five to five and a half percent, depending on whether you're looking at US or Canada. So in theory, that equity risk premium is a lot more skinny in this market. So that opportunity cost of not being in equities um, is going to be a lot lower, but, you know, we're holding a small amount of cash just to take advantage of potential opportunities that may arise. Great points you brought up as usual, Alfred. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for walking us through the uh, the quarterly update to the portfolio. And uh, I look forward to doing this again in early 2024. Hard to believe. My pleasure. Take care. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. ETF Market Insights has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.